You are listening to I Don't Deserve a Podcast with special guest, Derek O'Toole. podcast my name is luke peters and you are listening to i don't deserve a podcast season two if you think we sound a little bit different dare i say better it's because we got picked up ladies and germs by a studio we are now recording out of uh studio 876 uh here in toronto really pumped to have them uh support the podcast and they are graciously helping us out Uh, So thank you so much to them. Uh, Today's episode is about mentors and this kind of quest that we've all kind of gone on or a lot of people go on in when we're starting out in the creative field. We have this kind of forced uh, agenda where it's like I need to have a mentor. I need to have someone who can help make me these connections um, to build my kind of portfolio and to build my new connections and kind of have someone to direct us on this adventure. And I want to talk about that and the purpose of it. And who better to have on the show on this episode is my personal mentor, my personal Yoda, if you will. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only Derek O'Toole. Hi, Luke. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to talk about mentors and you and me and our quest for domination within the creative space. Oh, man. What do you think of the little studio there, uh, Derek? Whoa. I just got to say, this is the best studio I've ever been in. I've been in dozens of tens of millions, and this is the top of the top. Oh, man. Derek is Derek is, is telling the truth. Uh, for those who don't know Derek, just from his dulcet tones, Derek is a producer and a coordinator and creator of great things in Toronto. He's worked on such things as Designated Survivor, uh, Suicide Squad, Star Trek Discovery, and currently is working on a Hush Hush project, which will be coming out sometime next year. Sometime next year. 2020, baby. 2020, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Me and Derek have known each other for, what, like, it's like five or six years now. Five or six years, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll get to that later, but, you know, it's been a rocket ride. First, I was like, who's this young upstart sweeping the scene, coming in hot and fresh? And now... Who's this young upstart sweeping the scene, coming in hot and fresh? It's Luke Peters. It's Luke Peters. Welcome back to the show. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's been really fun. And I think that there's a lot to talk about today, so we're just going to kind of jump right into it. Um, when, I guess the easiest way to start is, how did we meet? And 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 tell us, tell the audience, like, what what was the adventure that, that got us where we are today? Absolutely. So... About five or six years ago, I was at Second City uh, here in Toronto. I was learning how to improv and kind of communicate with humans in an improvisational way. Uh, And uh, I had some great roommates, one of them, Tom Cobb. He was the funniest, weirdest guy I've ever met. Uh, He would just make the strangest choices. uh, And one day, you know, we're just hanging out in the house. uh, And he's like, let's start doing improv shows in the house. And I was like, yes, that's what we got to do. So we hosted kind of like these backyard bashes. And basically what we get is we get 30 or 40 improvisers to come in. Uh, We'd have about 100 people in the backyard, and it'd just be a crazy, 
you know, summer party that would explode. And, you know, we had raccoons visiting and like these crazy troops playing that like played Edinburgh and like played all over the world. They'd be in my backyard. Uh, and I do recall that uh, Luke Peters came to one of those and he did a space cadet type of yeah, uh, yeah. Like a thing with Tom. Tom, yeah. tell us more about that uh, duo. Oh, oh, I'd love to. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so me and, yeah, through the kind of improv realm of this show, uh, the basic premise was me and Tom would be space explorers, kind of going on our own little adventure through space, very, like, uh, reminiscent of Flash Gordon or Star Trek or or, or a lot of those kind of, like, uh, space operas. I met Tom through uh, the Ryerson improv team, and so we were, we were there, and then I met Derek through that, and um, Derek immediately was like, hey, like, you're in going to school media like i'm gonna keep uh, keep my eye on you and see kind of like how you're doing if you need anything let me know and from that point on we've kind of been working and growing our like relationship and making more stuff um but yeah no and it, it happens so authentically and i think definitely that, and that's definitely. a huge thing with finding a mentor and if you even really need a mentor is just surround yourself with people who inspire you and who make you feel like good about the work you're creating and yeah, if you meet someone who, say, for instance, is a little further along on their on their quest, we'll use that word, um, then that's great because they can kind of be like, hey, listen, I know you've been doing a lot of this improv stuff, but hey, maybe try doing sketch or hey, maybe do, try doing um, more long form content or what are what are some of the things that I've gone through that can maybe help you kind of develop? Definitely. Um, have you ever, did growing up, did you have a mentor? And could you talk to us about that? Growing up, no, I didn't have a lot of mentors. I kind of, I was kind of a shy boy in the corner, a wallflower, so to speak. I always wanted to kind of get more into the crowd and not not being able to kind of accept that until I kind of moved up here to Toronto. Yeah, because you're from Windsor, correct? I am not from Windsor. I went to school in Windsor. And let me just say, if ever you're looking for like a party city to go to university at, I would suggest Windsor. It is dirt cheap. Uh, it is crazy. <laughs> it is right across the river from Detroit. It's a crazy city. It's wonderful. I grew up in uh, London, Ontario. And went down to Windsor, and now I'm back up here in Toronto. And when I came up here, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go make movies. I'm going to go do that. And I did not have a lot of resources. I was, you know, the new kid in the block. I remember driving down Bloor, and I was like, wow, look at this city. This city is huge. Like, what is going on? It was literally like little boy country came to the big city. Yeah. Uh, but what I did is I had one contact. And this guy, his name was Mitch. And Mitch, I sent him a message. I was like, Mitch, I'm new to the city. Let's get coffee. And that was the start of a wonderful relationship with me and Mitch. Uh, he set me up for so many great things. He would give me so much great advice. He was like, hey, that's great. This is what you want to do. That's great. Here, this is the type of problem that I encountered when I did that. This is what you need to do. This is the person that you need to go talk to. And he set me on this, this path of discovery and this path of kind of success that now that I'm a couple of years past that, I feel it's my duty when people come to me and ask questions, I need to answer. Because if I hadn't had those answers when I was starting out, I, I you know what, I might be, I might be dead in a river. Yeah. 
And those are the only two options. You either make it or you're dead in a river. Yeah. And it it does, I mean, like all joking aside, it does kind of feel like that, especially when you're creating in the city. Uh, If you have a project kind of fall through, it does take a really big toll on you. And having that mentor, having someone, even if it's not someone who is further on the way, even if it's someone who's kind of going through the same stuff, uh, having someone on your side to be like, hey, listen, it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. You have good days and you have bad days. Absolutely. And we were talking about earlier before the show, like we, me and Derek, I mean, we're going to go all over the place, but me and Derek uh, have been working together basically since we met. Absolutely. Um, and for a while, uh, he was helping out with uh, Instant Cold Classic, and he mm-hmm. still is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were trying to find a space to create content out of, and it was... It was an uphill battle, to say the very least, and we've gone through, I think it was about four or five different spaces where something didn't work or someone wasn't being respectful of the work that we wanted to create or Mm -hmm. maybe we weren't even being respectful of the work we wanted to create or of the space. And you have to look at that as a learning experience. And that's, I think, the big thing with mentors is, is like, They've had the experience. They've had. They've gone through X, Y, and Z. You've gone from small town to big city, and you've been through all that, and you know now kind of what to do and what not to do. If not like a hundred percent, at least you have a little bit more of a point of view on it. Absolutely, yeah. I I have a really great mentor. His name's Costa, and I met him working on Star Trek. Actually, I, I worked with him previously on Hannibal, and. You know, this guy, he is sharp as a nail and he just kind of comes in and he knows exactly what it is. And he does his research. He 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 plays it cool, but, you know, he is in the back of his head. He's doing the mental math. He is thinking three steps ahead on what he needs to do. Yeah. And he has risen so fast within the creative industry. It is it is insane. He's he's already producing TV shows now. Wow. And, and he's been, you know, he's been in this industry for five years. Really? Absolutely. He uh, he uh, recently produced for an Emmy-nominated series that is put out by CBC about a small, rich family that goes to a small town. I won't name it, but, you know, you guys can look it up. But this guy, <laughs> this guy is the tip of the spear of what is great about the creative industry, is that you get to talk, you get to work with such creative people, the smartest people, and then the other hand is... You feel like an idiot when you're next. When you're next to these people that are just like the tip of the top, you feel like an idiot. Yeah. Even if you're 98 percent tip of the top, you feel like an idiot. Yeah. And you're not an idiot. That's the thing. That's the that's the thing that for a while when I was starting out, like I was like, oh man, I am in, I'm terrible at things. I'm yeah. like I am I'm, I'm making mistakes all over the yeah. place. But you're making different mistakes every day. That's my that's my that's my motto. Make a different mistake. Yeah. I try and learn. I make lots of mistakes, everyone. Spoiler. I make yeah. lots of mistakes. Yeah. Uh, but I try to make different mistakes at each time. Yeah. And that's the that's that's one of the things that I've noticed about kind of the people that I admire is that yeah, they make mistakes, they own up to it and then they move past it and they kind of learn learn a life lesson. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think a huge thing that you brought up is like this whole idea of making mistakes and this whole idea of like feeling like an idiot. It kind of brings up two points. The first point which is kind of the whole point of the podcast is like feeling like you don't have that worth feeling like this need for perfectionism. Like, I don't want to be, I don't like I'll, I'll, uh, a little while ago, you, you put forward uh, that I work on a show as an office uh, PA mm-hmm. and it was a lot of, and I've like looked into it and I have a lot of friends who do it. That's a lot of paperwork and that's a lot of not necessarily, I don't want to say busy work, but it's, it's a lot of minutiae. Mm-hmm. And at that point in my life, I was not very organized and I was a little overwhelmed by it. And 
I was like, I can't do this. I, I won't be able to give this my all because my all isn't good enough for it. Uh, and then also that whole idea of like, I know I'm going to fail. And this fear of failure, like I haven't even started the job or even applied, but this fear of failure is like enveloping me. And then the last thing of it, and this is all tied into the whole idea of the imposter syndrome, is like feeling like an imposter. Like mm -hmm. I don't deserve, I don't really deserve to go and like apply for this job. There are other people who deserve it more than me. So why am I doing it to myself? Mm -hmm. So there's that side of it. And then you also brought up a really interesting point with um in regards to that mentor in regards to kind of like how fast everything develops you as a mentor and as a creator you have this kind of journey that you go on where it's like everything is happening really really quick mm -hmm. and then it's really really slow and it's really quick and slow and you have these like moments where everything's happening at once and it can feel overwhelming but it's like those moments get you through kind of the low moments where you're like um from like i guess like November to like February to even May, it's really quiet in, in TV. Mm -hmm. And so if you've had this busy year, uh, otherwise, not only not like take money out of it, you have this kind of energy to push you and you're like, okay, I can use this time to work on my own projects. And then when March comes along or May comes along, and when these projects start up again, you're like, great, I got so much done over this winter break, I'm ready to go. Absolutely. That's, that's usually what I did when I was starting out you know, kind of in the TV culture and TV and film here in Toronto, kind of the big union shows, they'll go during the summer and then, you know, a couple shows will go through the winter. But for the most part, most people kind of in that kind of creative sphere, uh, they're having an EI winter. And what do I mean by that? Like that? They work, we work crazy hours. We work 70, 80 hours a week. And then we have an EI winter where like we're taking EI or living off our savings. We're doing kind of odd commercial work here and there. Yeah. But for the most part, you know, you're not working because there's no work. Yeah, and on top of it, you're burnt out. You're burnt out. You know, we were, like I said, crazy long hours for, you know, 14, 18, 18 weeks, sometimes even longer. Uh, and then, you know, I what I usually do is I take a week off and I do nothing. I don't leave the bed. I don't leave the couch. I, you know, watch Netflix. But then after that, you know, my mind kind of starts, starts ticking. And I start doing those coffee meetings again where I'm saying, hey, you're off. I'm off. Let's go get coffee. Yeah. And usually kind of what I find is that there's a lot of people that don't really feel that they're they're creative, but they have ideas. Yeah. And if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, you know, I'm not creative. I'm whatever. But I do have this tiny little idea. Tell people about that tiny yeah. little idea. For because sure. Because... The person that you tell about it, they might be like, oh, that's a cool idea. I have a week off or I have a month off. Let's kind of develop that. Yeah. Let's turn that into something. And even yeah. even at the bare minimum, if that doesn't go anywhere, if, they, if, if that stops right there, you're already kind of building the muscle of kind of creating stuff. For sure. For sure. Um, I did want to talk about um, this term that has been kind of popping around the whole idea of mentorship, especially with, um, with mentorship, is that if you are someone who... Um, and I think we'll talk about this in a little bit, but if you are someone who is looking for a mentor, mm -hmm. you want it, 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 you have to think of it like, what are you giving that mentor? And yeah, it can be something as small as for you, you want to answer these questions for young creators. Mm -hmm. That's something that you're giving back. And that's something that you want as a creator. You want to try to build this thing. But on the other side of it, what do you offer? I know personally, I'm pretty good at a lot of things. I don't have like a, a very specific, like strong set. And it's kind of like, 
all over the place. Basically, I can fill the gaps. Mm -hmm. That's great for young creators because it's like, hey, I have this script that I want to do, but I don't really know how to film it. I'm like, great. I've shot stuff. Mm -hmm. I can help you out. Absolutely. And I'm like 24 and I've had I've been mentoring younger people like 17, 18 uh, people who are just trying to get into the the realm. Um, but the the idea of value exchange is like you want to give something to your mentor, no matter what it is, no matter how small, you want to be giving them something that they get out of it. Like, and at the end of the day, like, yeah, it's kind of sad to think of it that way where it's like, oh, I need to get something in return. But if you can give your mentor something in return, that's going to make them so much more uh, like likely to be like, hey, I'm working on this. I know that you helped me shoot this little video. I know that you can do a good job. Mm -hmm. So let's let's go with it. Like, um, me and Derek worked with an amazing production company, Cackle Comedy. They're Cackle doing Comedy. Cackle they're the Comedy. They're the Hillary, Hillary, if you're listening to this, Cackle Comedy. Cackle Comedy. You got a you got a shout out. Uh, and so uh, Derek brought me on. He's like, "Hey, uh, our DOP dropped out. Our director of photography dropped out. Do you mind helping us out?" And I'm like, "For sure, I'd love to." And it was one of the most enjoyable experiences of my life because I hadn't worked on um, anything except for, like, some of my school, bigger school, like, thesis projects and, like, just shooting bands and, like, just being, like, kind of, like, a PA more. Uh, and I get here and it's, it's like, all these really amazing comedians, these Canadian, like, creators, and we're all working together towards creating something really sweet and sincere. And... We made it, and it was great. It was uh, Essential Oils, which was one of their sketches. And then they asked me back again, and they asked me back again. And it was something so small where Derek knew that I could shoot video. He knew I could do a pretty good job at it, and there was a need. And if I'm in the back of his head, of course, he's going to think of me. But it's that value exchange. Derek has helped me so, so much throughout my kind of career. He helped me with my talk show with Freshman at Night as mm -hmm. a co-host mm -hmm. and helped me produce it too. Mm -hmm. And I guess at the end of the day, you want to give something back in regards to make your mentor really grateful for, for everything that they do. It's it's the the idea of it's like, it's like, hey, I'll get you next time. I'll get you on the next next creative yeah. doodad, you know? Definitely. I, I, I'm glad you brought up kind of value of exchange. Uh, exchange of value because uh you know as i've been growing as kind of a, a creator uh i'm not i haven't been perfect there have been plenty of times where i've kind of invested in a project uh and like i haven't given it 110 percent, and that's fully my fault uh and as a result you know those relationships with those people have have suffered sometimes i've been able to repair it by being like oh hey you know i really need to up it next time and sometimes i haven't that's just part of being a creative person. You don't have to give 110%. If you're feeling burnt out, like, say it. Yeah. Say it. Because if you, it, the worst thing is overcome, excuse me, is uh, the worst thing you can do is overcommit. A absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? Everyone's, everyone's human. Everyone understands. Everyone yeah. understands that, you know, we're not all perfect. We can't all go 110%. No. All the time. So if you're out there and you have a creative project and you, and you've let it slide a little bit, don't feel bad. No. That's not terrible. That's not the end of the world. There are going to be other creative projects down the road. Just reevaluate. Just kind of say like, oh, hey, you know what? I've dropped the ball this time. This is what I got to do next time. Yeah. Admit it. Yeah. Admit. And that's the thing is, is like, and we were talking about this yesterday uh, or even on the way here, um, asking for help. Asking for help all the time. Yeah. Because you have someone who um, may be working on a project Oh, yeah, how does it sound? Oh, it sounds great. Instead of, hey, I'm getting this weird little noise. 
um, I don't know how to fix it. Because, sure, is there that small, small chance that the people you're working with are going to be like, like, what do you mean you don't know how to fix it? Like, what the heck? Like, what the hell? Um, like, you should know how to do this. Mm-hmm. There's that small chance. But 90% of the chi- time... People are so hungry to help. Absolutely. Everyone, and I think that this is a crazy thing that people don't really realize. Everyone really wants to be a mentor. And again, it depends on if they're super busy or if they can. But at the end of the day, like, if you can help someone, there is no bigger joy than that. Mm-hmm. Because you know that you you would, you would want the same mm-hmm. for you. Definitely. Right now, so I kind of uh, switched from on-set <clears throat> stuff to a visual effects kind of job. Uh, for the past kind of year, and it's been it's been constant questions. I came in knowing next to nothing about visual effects, and it has been constantly questions. Hey, what does this mean? Hey, how do I do this? Hey, what does this mean? Hey, we got a problem here. Can you help me? Uh, and people want to help. They want to see you succeed. Yeah. Good people, at least. Yeah. They want to see you grow as a person and as a creative per- as a creative kind of entity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you don't say, hey. I have a problem here. I need your assistance. If you don't be a little bit vulnerable, you're not going to grow as a person. You're not going to grow as a creator. Either. Yeah. And I think that that whole idea of like, uh, it's like, hey, I have a problem versus you're going to be creating another problem if you don't tell someone. Because mm-hmm. that's what we were talking about. Like, that's the worst thing that you can do is just be silent and be that that kid who's scrambling to, to finish a project and it's not working or you, you just there's there's nothing there's no worse feeling than knowing that you could have gotten out of a situation. There's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes you know you feel that this is a challenge. I'm gonna throw this out to all the listeners. Hey, if there's something that you're feeling bad about from a creative relationship or something that you dropped the ball about or that you stayed silent about, right now go to your computer or on your iPhone or Android device and send that message. Hey, I need help. Or yeah. hey. Let's chat about that. Yeah. Just send that out right now. Pause the podcast and send that. Mm -hmm. I want to go through a specific example from us Mm -hmm. about where we've had that value exchange and go through um, kind of a moment where you helped me and a moment where I helped you and go in specifics of like how we did that and how it kind of worked out. Cool. Okay. Who's going first? I I can go first if you'd like. Um, So we were... um, I'm trying to remember when this was. Set the scene. What? It was early March. Ooh. Uh, I love the studio. It's great. Thank you so much to 876 Studio for setting us up. This is phenomenal. Um, maybe even a year ago, uh, like around December, November, and you approached me and you're like, hey, I have this really cool project. Let's meet for, for brunch uh, and we'll chat about it. And so we went to the place and you you approached me and you're like, listen. I have this idea for a podcast. Here's what I want to do out of it. Here's where I want you to be involved. What are your thoughts? And to the surface, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm just working on this project. But on the other side of it, it's like I have done my own podcast and like with this. And it was really cool to have starting this again with with someone else, with a contributor and with with my mentor. Mm -hmm. And so we went through the process. We like did a lot of prep work for it, a lot of research. We got a writing team together and we went through all this work. And it was really, really nice because you have this this support. You have someone who's checking in on you. It's like, hey, how's this? How is this going? Is this okay? Are you overwhelmed or anything like that? Definitely. And it was really cool to be a part of this project because this is someone who 
was mentoring me and like helping me with my stuff. And it was cool to be asked to be a part of this kind of journey, this adventure. And the 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 way that you set it up and the way that we went about it was very different from what I had normally done because with this podcast, it's really, really low impact. There's not a lot of prep work. And it really got me into the idea of like pitching your own stuff that you can do versus um, having or creating your own stuff versus, okay, this is a little bigger than I can handle. Let's try and pitch to someone like CBC or, or Disney Plus. But yeah, so like, I think that was a really cool experience for me because it was not only did I get to work on a cool project, but I also was given an opportunity to really um, be mentored through it. And those skills are transferable for sure. And there's a lot of stuff that I learned in that process that I carry to this pot. Podcast, Def- yeah, definitely. I I have a couple kind of projects in development that we're actively pitching around the around the city and around the country, uh, and it's been really interesting to kind of see the mentors that come in that because with with a project like that, some of these I'm kind of acting as a mentor, yeah, uh, kind of helping kind of young creators, and in others I have much older creators kind of helping me, and they are the mentors that are getting the connections, and I'm trying to kind of take what I'm learning from them and kind of bring it into these other projects, and it is very rewarding sometimes and it's very frustrating sometimes because there are some people that make it so easy it looks so easy you just come into the room and you blah 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 blah, pitch uh and then they give you a million dollars uh spoiler alert it does not often work out that way it's because they have been working at this for 40 years and i have not been working at it for 40 years so when i try to have that confidence uh, i get laughed out of the room uh, and told never come back to the, our company, never bring us ideas <clears throat> that didn't actually happen. But uh, they were much more polite than that. But still, it's you know it's that imposter syndrome, and it comes back immediately as soon as there's a sense of failure. I feel like an imposter. I yeah. feel like oh, of course no one would listen to these creative ideas. Yeah, uh, I'm an imposter. I should go back to my hill town, hill city, uh, and uh, live with horses and uh, you know sell horse hair. Yeah. By the um, seashore. Yeah. Uh, and then any any specific mentor, mentee experiences with me that kind of jump out at you? Mm. Just to give a specific example for our, a specific, our viewers. A specific example. Hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to the talk show, Freshman at Night. Okay. That was a riveting experience. We did that for about two and a half years, right? Yeah. And I remember once I, I, was, I was late because I had to drop my uh, – I was uh, assisting a director – and I had to drop him off at the airport, uh, yeah. and I had to rush back to the other side of the city to come in. And Luke was panicking, and I could see it in his eyes that he, you know, that where where what's going on? He's a little bit off the ball. And I came in, and I just I think I just said two or three words to you. I was like, "It's okay. We're just gonna go now." And I could see that like you were okay. Yeah. That change right there, that kind of happened, and that was worth it. That was that was good. I was I was happy to be there to support you to just you know, it's two or three words. It's hey. Everything's okay. It's not the end of the world. Yes, we're two hours late. The audience, they're getting hungry. They're throwing oranges. It's okay. And we went on, and it was a great show. It was a great show. There were a lot of... There were, like, the the issue with that, too, is, like... And this is kind of off-topic, but a little bit on there, too. It's, like, you were mentoring me in regards to the show and we weren't really focused on like promoting it or or building it in any way we were just having a good time and like 
in, in at the end of the day, I think we were both trying to just build our chops as mm-hmm. performers too. So like there were shows where my parents were the only ones in the audience. And there were also shows where we sold out the venue. Mm-hmm. And I still have, um, and this I think was right before you jumped on. I still have, no, this was one, this, you were on that. Uh, I still have the, the, the bill from, or I guess the invoice from Comedy Bar where we did the show for a little while that has the amount of people who showed up, the amount of tickets we sold, and everything. Mm-hmm. And it is hanging on my wall because, and it's like, it was like 50 bucks or something to me. Like, it was nothing crazy. But the idea that we created something that people were paying to see mm-hmm. and that we were able to do it for as long as we did, even if it's like a small audience, people still showed up. Like, I was thinking about... I was thinking about one of the shows at at Comedy Bar. We had, like, I think five or six people on stage. Like, really, really good guests. And I was panicking because I was overwhelmed. And I think the easiest thing, and I think I did this a lot, and it kind of all leads back to the whole mentorship thing, but basically I'd panic if if I'd run out of content. With especially with our guests. And so what I do then is instead of talking to our guests or leaning on you for help, I would be like, hey, we're going to go interview an audience member because I know for a fact that my friend just showed up. And so I brought him up on stage and I had these like Canadian Screen Award winning actors basically being mic stands. And I, I rewatched the video and you kind of look over to me and you're like, it's a choice. <laughs> and and they they were so having a great time. Pat Thornton, who just did his, uh, he just did 24 hours of uh, stand-up comedy, basically being a mic stand. And that's one of the things where it's like, you can't blame your mentor. You can't look at a mentor being like, hey, you are the reason that I succeed or fail. It can be an inspiration. It can be someone to help you, but you can't put all that pressure on that other person. Because I'm watching it back and I'm like, man, Derek could very easily have been like, hey, Pat, what are you up to these days? Or anything else. (laughs) But then you decide to be like, don't know what he moisturizes with. (laughs) One thing about, one thing about kind of relationships and kind of mentor-mentees that I like to kind of believe is that any advice that you're getting from someone it's their it's their advice it's it's not fact it's it's just how they how they got it mm-hmm. uh, i don't believe in kind of following tit for tat what people have done before uh, when you he- when you go to the talks and like, it's like hey this is how i won four oscars or this is how yeah. i started producing mm-hmm. kind of hollywood films at 19 yeah. you know that's a product of the time yeah. it's how they it's how it worked from them yeah. i think the key from like talking to anyone from a mentor or a talk or a creator is to get the core essence what is what is a tiny thing that you kind of distill from what they said if if you say oh you know you know i really focused on this like you know Go and go and research that a little bit. Kind of see like, oh hey, would this work for what I'm doing right now? Yeah. Like I've been on a very specific path that, you know, it's very unorthodox. I've kind of jumped around it a lot and yeah. you know, it doesn't work for most creators. No. And, you know, when I'm talking to young creators that are kind of new on the journey, I'm like, hey, this is what worked for me. It might not work for you. Yeah. And when uh, when older creators are talking to me and mentoring me and I'm trying to get a gleam out of them, uh, it's always in the back of my mind is like, hey, you know, they did things differently. Yeah. What's the what's the little bit of overlap that can kind of improve my life or my creative kind of ventures? One percent, two percent. 
Yeah. That's all you need. All you know, we are the Titanic kind of slowly slowly kind of skirking that uh that iceberg. All you need is like 1 or 2% every day and like you're not going to hit get that iceberg in no. six, 6 months. No. And I think that's the thing is is like you look at the whole idea of the imposter syndrome where it's like it's always looming. And you're always worried you're going to be hit, by, like, going to hit the iceberg in that way, mm-hmm. where you're like, oh, man, someone's going to find out. Like, the whole point of the podcast, like, I don't deserve a podcast. Like, there were moments earlier in the show where I'm like, I totally deserve this. Like, this is great. I'm having a great time. I'm talking to people who are really passionate about it. And then the next episode, I'll be like, how did I how did I get this guy on? Like, I had I had Mike Winkleman people on last episode. And such a sweet sincere guy such an amazing conversation and he was talking about it he's like he's made a new piece of art every single day for 12 years straight Mm -hmm. and he's he doesn't look at it as like a single piece because if you look at every single individual one it's like well four four hundred four hundred fifty that was a garbage fire but maybe 451 is going to be good you can't look at it that way he looks at it like a big art piece that's Mm -hmm. just continuing on so it's like if you look at it that way where it's hey I'm going to have this huge piece that's never done, then you can't fail because it's just like, and I think that we talk about this a little bit. It's like you have good days and bad days, especially mm-hmm. when you have that mentor mentee where it's like, hey, there are certain things where it's like, hey, I got this cool, like, I or not idea, I got this cool idea, but it didn't work. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. We moved on to the next one. That podcast that we were talking about, was we never made it. No, we didn't. We didn't. It was a good idea, but, you know, at the time, it kind of, you know, things drifted apart. It's all about throwing salami against the wall. Yeah. It's throwing salami against the wall and seeing what sticks. Yeah, for sure. And then you peel that salami off, you know, six months later, and you're like, you take a sniff. Oh, this salami is rotten. Or, oh, this salami smells great. Let's throw it back against the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. And it sticks, and you make millions off of it. It's all about whether the or salami. not the, the salami smells good We're going good into enough. the salami business is what we're saying, guys. One thing I want to bring up is yeah. is kind of the day-to-day. Yeah. You may be on a project. You may be kind of ramping up to a project, and mm-hmm. you're like, this is the most important thing in my life, this is going to define my life. Yeah. I felt that several times where I've been working on a show or a movie and I'm like, hey, this is the most important thing. This is the top. I can't believe it. Yeah. One of the cool moments is I was working on Star Trek Discovery yeah. as we celebrated the 50th anniversary of Star Trek. It was a really cool moment and I was like, it will not top this. And it does. Yeah. The, the next year I was like, oh, wow. You know what? This project's way more satisfying for me personally yeah. than that other project. Yeah. This is the top. And yeah. the next year, oh, hey, I'm on this new project. This is the top. I'm not going to top this. And again, I've, I've, I've topped it. Every single thing that, you know, you're in, you're in a moment. You're in a moment where you think this is the most important thing and nothing can be more important than this. And, you know, we can't improve at all and like this is the most important moment and and it's stressing you out and it stressed me out a lot like I did not sleep well and then you think back a year ago and you're like oh hey I've grown so much as a person I've grown so much as a creator why was I worried about that before I got new things to worry about and they're way more scary yeah and this is the top and it's always going to kind of cycle forward yeah. As as we kind of grow as creators you know it's a it's called growth yeah you know you you want you want to be you want to raise your level of competence. You want to raise the level of project. You want to l- raise the things that scare you. Yeah. You don't have to test everything, but, you know, every single project that you're creating on your own, add, like, 
in. Yeah. I like I like I worked on a lot of television and movies where like, you know, the DOP who has been working in television for, you know, 20 years has been doing the same things, you know, this scene or this episode, he's going to try like one new thing and yeah. we'll have a meeting about it and, you know, He's like, you know what? I've been really want to try this out or this new piece of technology or like this new kind of like method. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. I think that that's that's a great a great way to look at it is like, yeah, this growth, this this kind of adventure that you go on, you just need to keep giving it your all. And yeah, you can get burnt out and yeah, you can work really hard and be like this. Sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes you go through all this work and you're like really aggressively not necessarily like burnt out but you're really really tired of it and it didn't you don't have anything to show for it and that's not bad either because you learn from that experience you grew as a creator it doesn't mean you have like a finished polished polished product Mm -hmm. but especially when you're in like television or, or movies and stuff like that you have to show something there has to be something there because of the amount of funding that has gone into it and so I think in that way, you do have this kind of thought process where it's like, okay, do I feel good about this project? Yes, I do. Or was this not the best thing I've done? Yeah, maybe I should take a step away from this and, and work on my own kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I want I want I, I want I want to be clear. Like I'm not I am not kind of directing or producing television at all. No, I am a small cog in a big machine. Yeah. But what I like to what I, how I like to think of it is I'm a small cog that's learning how the machine works. Yeah. So that I can go into these smaller machines. And be a big cog that kind of works well. Yeah, that's and a great help. The yeah. other little cogs kind of work well together. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. I so think. if if you're kind of out there doing like a YouTube video, or like a music video, or a podcast, mm-hmm. and you know it is just you, or it is or it is you and three people, it's you know it's it, it's it, it may feel like big stakes and small stakes at the same time as long as it's important to you yeah. that's what's important yeah cuz we um me and Derek have worked on quite a few like projects from very much different like mediums and i think the biggest takeaway that i found is like you just want and this kind of gets back to our whole mentor idea is like you just want someone who can help you kind of continue to make great stuff does that mean it's they're going to be the ones getting you the job does it mean that they're going to be the ones doing x y and z no no, you can have a mentor that has isn't even in the same field as you. Definitely. But you can also have a mentor that's like, hey, I am literally doing the exact same thing as you, but I'm like two or three years older than you. I A great friend of mine and friend of you too is a, a gentleman named Adam Garadog. Uh <laughs> He is also a videographer and he does some really cool stuff, but he's been doing it for a lot longer than I have. And he has this like the better, like better equipment and like better know-how and better experience. And he is really, really good at what he does. And he will bring me on for shoots and stuff like that. And I learned so much from him. But it's a very different experience than my being mentored by Derek because Derek isn't going to be shooting like if like he's not going to be behind the camera for like the next big movie. Like he's not going to be the DOP because that's not really what you're interested in doing. There's Definitely no. Definitely not. No. Um, but that might be something that I want to do mm-hmm. or some, maybe I want to direct. And that's maybe not something that you want to do. But we have this skill set of someone who has been in television, been on movie sets, been creating, been pitching, had that failure, had that success, and has the know-how to be like, hey, this might be a cool 
direction for you to go. Talking about that iceberg thing again, this just maybe go a little two to two degrees to the left if you think that's a cool idea. And maybe sometimes I listen to your advice, sometimes I don't. And usually I do, and usually it pays off. But sometimes you, you as a mentor and as a mentee, you have to take risks. And sometimes they pay off and sometimes they don't. Definitely. Definitely. It, it, is, it, is, ebb and, it is ebb and flow yeah. when you're a creator. Yeah. Um, I guess that leads us to pretty much the last little bit of the show, which I usually ask our, um, our guests if you can name like three things that people can do to help them get out of that, this imposter syndrome and, and stuff that works for you when you're feeling kind of low or, or, or out and about. Kind of. I'm going to say be surrounded by happy people. Okay. Be people with like a good attitude. Mm-hmm. You, wouldn't, you wouldn't imagine the difference it is working on a project with someone. You know, they might not. I would, ra- I would rather have someone that is like friendly to work with and creates a good work atmosphere than someone who is double or triple as creative yeah or, or talented or talented i should say that yes talented yeah uh you would not you know when we are working kind of crazy hours and we're working kind of like short videos and you have four hours to do it you wouldn't believe how much more work you can do with someone working with people that have good attitudes yeah versus someone that is crotchety and someone that has a negative attitude for sure so I'm going to I'm going to re-ramp everything into being like have a positive attitude and work with people with a positive attitude. Okay. That's the that's the number one thing to get you out of the imposter syndrome is when you're surrounded by people with good attitude and you're giving off a good attitude, it it lessens the effect that you need to have on cre on you're not up against the wall. Exactly, yeah. You are working with a team and even if you're making mistakes, even if they're making mistakes, you're going to have a better time than being miserable. Yeah. Uh, the second one is find a diverse source of inspiration. Uh, I read a lot of books. I look at a lot of articles. I look at a lot of art. Mm-hmm. I look at a lot of buildings. I listen to a lot of podcasts. And they're all different kind of topics. And... Any podcasts that you'd like to mention? Mm... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Script Notes. Uh, so Script Notes is a wonderful podcast by... Uh, Craig Mazin and uh, John, oh, I forget what John's last name is, but I've been listening for several years, and they're two kind of Hollywood uh, scriptwriters, uh, okay. features. Yep. Uh, so one of them created Chernobyl this year, and yep. the other, uh, John, he uh, he wrote Aladdin this year. So oh, wow. uh, these guys are at the top of their field, and they, you know, they talk about what it's like to be a creator at the top, and they are very clear that it is not rosy every single day. Yeah. And that is... So a lot of creators should listen to that podcast. They should find podcasts like that where there's people being, you know, upfront about what it's like to be at the top. Yeah. Because we all think like, oh, hey, it's going to get better in 10 years. It's going to get better when I'm working uh, in 60 years. And like, I'm a creator and I'm a director. I'm a producer. I'm a songwriter. I'm an artist. I'm touring the world. Uh, you know, you want to find podcasts that from people at the top that are talking about what it's really like. Yeah. And the third one, uh, good sleep. Yeah, good sleep. I'm, I'm, I'm totally, I'm totally serious. Get a good bed. Yeah. Uh, you, you spend one third of your life sleeping, and if you're not comfortable, you, it's gonna, it's gonna, you know, affect you so negatively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that your whole point with the with podcasts, your whole point with sleep, and your whole point with uh, being like positive, those are really, really 
those are a lot of internal things mm-hmm. and it's things that you can do today definitely it's it's an outlook definitely. it's an outlook i mean the bed thing maybe not but i mean like it's like getting a camera <laughs> just invest in a good a good bed yes it should go camera bed then lenses then lenses uh then a nice bird cage then a bird yeah yeah you got to get the cage first absolutely um the the reason i wanted to bring like i i asked for the this little list at the end is because i think that a lot of people might find this podcast a little overwhelming. There's a lot of really cool people who have been on it, and there's a lot of really cool people that hopefully are going to be on it. And what I kind of want to get at, I guess, is that there are small things you can take away from every episode. Mm-hmm. The reason that I'm doing this podcast is because I want to learn, mm-hmm. and I want to grow with you people, with mm-hmm. you folks. Um, and I guess, yeah, and if I had to give any advice to creative people it's like yeah those having a positive attitude work with people who are passionate about something yeah and i think that that doesn't necessarily need to be in the arts just having people around you who are positive have have a good group of friends who you know are going to support you and you know are going to be there for you uh and also have have like fun have like hobbies that make you happy if your hobby is making videos and you're doing that for your for your life that's great but have something on the side that can kind of like your take a moment and like mm-hmm. like playing bridge yeah bridge uh that's 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 what the today's sponsor is bridge or building bridges yeah building bridges uh speaking of building bridges thank you so much for coming to help build this bridge on on mentorship absolutely i'm really excited to start recording the podcast uh i feel like we've done a really good ramp up and kind of prep so are we hitting record soon yeah let's uh, let's let's go for it okay you ready to go okay three two one in a world like no other there's only one studio i'd go to the studio that professionals use the best studio that professionals would use if you don't deserve a podcast but deserve a great space you need to go to studio eight seven six <laughs>